Tandem Nomads episode 250. You always have this huge positive potential within you. You only have to understand when you're blocking yourself from it. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and resources to grow a successful portable business thrive in your global nomadic life and in any transition that you're going through. And to talk about today's topic, I have a very special guest, Yvonne Hendrich. Yvonne, are you ready for this ride? Yes, definitely. I'm very ready. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here. So Nomad Nation, a few words about Yvonne. Yvonne is a positive, intelligent coach and a life designing expert. Her passion is to support people in creating and living the best version of their lives. After a 10-year career as a lobbyist in Brussels that has ended with an emotional and physical burnout, Yvonne quit her job and moved to Brazil. She hopped on a self-healing and self-exploration journey that led her to start her coaching business and support other women on their journey of realigning their values and their dreams with their professional and personal goals. So this is just a very short overview of who you are and let us know a little bit of where you are now and um, a little bit of what's happening in your world right now. I'm sitting almost in the jungle here. I'm in Rio de Janeiro. Actually, I was living permanently in Brazil for a couple of years. And just when I decided that maybe the Brazilian adventure is over, I thought I've done it all. There came the relationship and the big love. Mm. Now I'm juggling my life between Munich, my hometown, where I still have my mother and my old friends, and Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. We're trying to, you know, just get the best of both worlds and make it as good as possible when we are not in a pandemic where we are blocked off from traveling and seeing each other. Oh my God, I can imagine you might have not been able to see your love for at least a year or so, right? In the beginning, you are so enthusiastic about spending as much time together as possible. And then poof, the pandemic hit. So for eight months, we weren't able to see each other. It was really a very tough time. So and difficult. for me, I, I struggled a lot with this. And with my coaching, you know, I have a lot of rational tools, but there was this emotional part within me that was constantly mm. triggered. And, you know, it was almost I wanted to control the emotions with sheer willpower, which is mm. not working out at all. Mm. And in all this, through a coaching colleague, he told me about this training and positive intelligence. And he said, this is an amazing training see what it does for you. And I was just diving into it. I was digging the whole training. I was just doing it for myself. The first round, it was such a help for me to understand why certain topics trigger me so much. Interesting. Why it's so difficult for me to cope with this pandemic. Whereas I'm a person, I, I cope with so many things. And I think all your listeners who are expat, they are all, we are all masters of coping with difficulties. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on this path. Yeah. But there were certain triggers where I just couldn't get myself around. And oh. with the positive intelligence training, it was clearer for me to see what was going on. That's interesting. So we are going to talk about that more in details, but it's not your first rodeo with dealing with your emotions and getting to bringing this out to the world as well. Because as I mentioned in the introduction, 
your journey has started after a burnout when you've decided to quit your job. And so can you tell us a little bit about that also and how you got to start your coaching business? It was not very planned. I was stuck in this career in Brussels, which was a very good career. And in the beginning, I loved it. And I did everything to get there and to get the jobs that I in the end got. For me, it was a struggle with myself, with this little judging voice in myself. Why are you unhappy? You've got everything that you want. You planned for this. So what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was uh, quite a long process to give myself permission to also stop liking something mm. or stop doing a career that in the beginning I liked, that I invested many years to become a lawyer, but to give myself the permission to say, but that's it. 10 years are enough for this. And this was really a hard process. And luckily, looking backwards now, my body was almost forcing me to stop this. Mm. And I was at a point where I was just completely exhausted, emotionally, physically. So for me, I didn't have really a good plan. When I quit my career in Brussels, I was, it was just like, I can't anymore. I, I couldn't even, you know, lift my suitcase. So I, I went on a journey that was a little bit like, eat, pray, love journey. (laughs) I I started in India as well with uh, Ayurveda treatment for two weeks. I was physically so down. I couldn't even open myself up to new reflections, new insights, if I wouldn't cure my body and my soul before this. And so for one year, it was more or less a journey of curing myself, Starting to listen again to this little voice that says, "Hmm, Yvonne, maybe you, the thing you lacked most in Brussels was purpose. Mm. Feeling that my work mattered because I thought whatever I'm going to do, some will like it, some don't. Why am I even doing this? Would someone care if I'm not doing it anymore? So there was a lot of searching, understanding what had gone wrong, what was the points that I were missing in Brussels. And I gave myself this year. That's, that's very courageous and important. And it's like you said, you didn't have a choice. Your body was just forcing you to do that. And yes. Uh, yes. so how many years ago was that? And how long since then did you start your business? It was now eight years ago. Afterwards, it took me a little while. I tried all different, you know, volunteer work, dabbled around in certain things, but nothing really clicked Mm -hmm. and it was only when I started a program in Brazil where we started to work also with leadership and coaching skills and empowering each other and this was where I started to understand oh my god this world is made for me and I also realized that people were always asking me can I coach with you can I do this exercise with you so there was a natural flow for me to do these things Mm -hmm. and afterwards I just jumped in I said okay I give myself again permission to to just try it out for years to see how I feel how things are flowing and they flew and that was a great confirmation for myself from this point on I was steadily building up this career path but in a very organic way I tried out first workshops then I understood that I really like the very individual work I tried the methodology of life designing, which is design thinking applied to our lives. I was fascinated about neuroscience 
the way we tick in here in our head and to bring this also to my coaching. And like this, my, my career was building up organically. It was not a conscious choice. What a fascinating journey. I always love to see how people get to the point of what they're doing today. So one of the things that we know as entrepreneurs that can often stop us in our journey to succeeding and feeling good about also getting out of our comfort zone is all those self-limiting beliefs. And I've seen it in my journey. I've seen it with my peers and my own clients. Once we know the strategies, once we know all those things that are actually often straightforward to do, one of the things that stops people most are those self-limiting beliefs. And, and for example, oh, who's going to want to hear from me? Who's going to want to buy from me? All these things that we, am I good enough for this? And et cetera. So all these limiting beliefs are an element that can really stop people in their path. We're going to go through those different self-sabotaging beliefs that most people have. Mm -hmm. But before that, I want to know, according to your experience, you've been living the expat life as well as the solo entrepreneurial life. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that um, solo entrepreneurs and expats, you can merge them or talk about it separately, mm -hmm. separately if you want, why are these people more likely to actually experience self-sabotaging patterns? The one thing that I would like to distinguish is a difference between limiting beliefs Mm. and self-sabotaging patterns That's the limiting beliefs they are just you know judgment the judgment mm. that come up you know during the day oh why did you start so late you should have gone up earlier oh why didn't this person call back they wanted to call back no one wants your work oh why are you so slow everyone is you know blasting out the blog post in half the time All those things, these are judgment. They are self-judgment. Um, either we're judging ourselves or we're judging another person or we're judging our environment, the things that are happening around us. Hmm. The other things, those are self-sabotaging patterns. These are special patterns that every one of us has a different set of self-sabotaging patterns and they usually stem from our childhood. So they start really early in our childhood and it doesn't have to be something really dramatic that mm -hmm. started these self-sabotaging pattern. It's just what made us as a kid survive in the best possible way. Our family structures, the role that we were filling in, all the things that happening around us, maybe a divorce, maybe moving around a lot. And every one of us reacted with building up a different pattern. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about those self-sabotaging patterns, and we think, oh my God, that's such an awful thing to have. No, it's not. Because every self-sabotaging pattern stems from an innate strength that we have. So actually, what self-sabotaging pattern is, it's just an overuse of a strength that we have. One of my predominant sabotaging pattern is being an avoider, avoiding difficult conversation, avoiding difficult situation, searching the pleasure, searching the good life. Mm -hmm. And actually, if it's, you know, it's a strength because avoider people, they have as a strength an incredible positivity. And they know how to build something good, how to motivate other people, how to create something where everyone feels good and well. And if you 
overstretch the strength, it becomes an avoider pattern. You're running away from those conversations which actually could deepen a relationship, which are difficult, but they could deepen any relationship. Um, those tasks which are so important, but which are not pleasurable. So this is something um, important to understand. Mm -hmm. We all developed certain self-sabotaging patterns and we developed them upon our intrinsic strength and the things that we're good at. And the work that we are doing with positive intelligence is actually bringing back this sabotaging pattern to a neutral level that you can fully tap into the strength that is underlying under this self-sabotaging pattern. Interesting. So if you're saying in other words that we are actually all born or develop over the time certain self-sabotaging patterns and mm -hmm. we, depending on our journey and how we deal with it, we might like quiet those or neutralize them, as you might say, um, more or less throughout the journey. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. And um, the thing is those self-sabotaging patterns, those saboteurs, they are triggered when we get into a situation that scare us, into a situation of uncertainty, unforeseeability, anxiety, stress. And I think we all know that leading an expat life, building up a solo business is the highway to <laughs> stress, uncertainty, anxiety. So the steroid of self-sabotage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so the good thing is to be already prepared. And if you understand a little bit about those concepts, I know that if I'm going into this, this situation, which will trigger certain fears or anxiety or stress, I know that it's very likely that my self-sabotaging pattern will flare up and will show itself. So you can already prepare yourself and you can be also milder and more self-forgiving. And that's the same thing with our limiting beliefs. Self-judgment doesn't come up when you feel really great, when you're having a great time, when you're, you know, so grounded in yourself, when you're in your flow. They come up when you're triggered by fear, by anxiety, by doubt, and all those negative emotions. And maybe by change too? Totally. We, we yeah. are, all of us, we all have this resistance to change. That was our survival mechanism right. from ancient times, and it's still there. We mistrust change. Very interesting. I will probably share a little bit of my experience on that because we had an episode about self-sabotaging ourselves a, a while ago, and I'll li link it to this episode. But Before we go into your tools and, and um, recommendations mm -hmm. to deal with that, I think it's important to, first of all, be able to identify when we are actually entering a pattern of self-sabotage. So how can we identify whether or not we are self-sabotaging ourselves? The easiest way is by the emotions that we have. Mm -hmm. If we are leaning into negative emotions, really unpleasant, scary emotions, that's where we are in a saboteur mode. Mm. But that only tells us, okay, we are in a either self-judgment or judgment mode, or we're in a saboteur mode, but it doesn't tell us 
which sort of self-sabotaging pattern because right. there are nine different patterns. So for instance, there's the avoider pattern that I told you about. There's a controller pattern. There's a hypervigilant pattern. There's a victim pattern. There's a hyperachiever pattern. And actually the best way to find out which patterns are very active within you, and sometimes they can change also over the years, but that's you know what are currently active in you, is to do the assessment test from the Positive Intelligence Institute. It's yeah. a free test. You can take it. And I'm sure you will get some really interesting insights about yourself and what to look for. Because mm. sometimes it feels, you, you just feel completely overwhelmed. And as I shared, I was so overwhelmed in this pandemic situation with the long distance relationship. And once I understood, oh, wow, my top saboteurs are avoider and controller and both are triggered like hell through the situation because I can't control a pandemic it's impossible and also I you have to be stronger on communication when you're not together when you're not sharing your day-to-day -day life because the communication is all you have and sometimes it needs to be a difficult conversation and I was shying away from this. And once I understood my own patterns, it was like, at least I know what I have to look for. Love that. So like you said, you mentioned like this test that you would recommend. So no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to put the link of that free test in the show notes of that episode if you're interested. So you can go to tandemnomads.com slash 250. And I've done the test and indeed there are these nine, I think, right? Nine different mm -hmm profiles of saboteurs yes. um, mm -hmm. and to look for and we won't be able to go into details but maybe you can explain briefly like in a couple words each of them for those who might be interested in knowing what are those different saboteurs would you like to share what are your top saboteurs so for me it's a stickler and mm, hyperachiever they're in the very same level. interesting yeah very interesting so the stickler is like maybe we can jump right into those. <laughs> the stickler is someone who's like uber perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And it's very often about if I don't have all the details right, till really the last element, I cannot start something. And if you start it, it it's really hard that you will be satisfied with the <laughs> result. It's like there could always be something a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And this could have worked better. And this could have worked better. This is the stickler. And what is the strength that is underneath, which is an interesting strength, is someone who's pay paying really great attention to details, who has this view of being able to see what are all the individual details. Just if it's overstretched, it's like, oh my God, you can never be happy with your results. Because there's always something that could have gone better. Oh, that is so true. And I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist. So, <laughs> and I keep talking on the show how important it is to not like perfection is the enemy of good. And, and I know so many people yes. in that case who can definitely relate to that. So the second one in the list is hyperachiever. So the hyperachiever is someone who's also defining himself in an extreme form of this pattern only through the successes and achievements mm -hmm. and is very linked to the final result. And it's really hard to feel 
pride, recognition for themselves. When you're on the process, so when you're getting there, it has to be the final result. It has to be like the stamp of approval. And then you can feel the pride. And then you can feel that, um, wow, I've done something great. But it's for someone who has this hyperachiever pattern, it's extremely difficult to celebrate the small steps on the way that are so crucial and that are sometimes so much more valuable and so much more you know, insightful than the end result. So good. I love that. I have the feeling that I'm hearing myself throughout the episode when I talk about celebrating every small step. So I guess it is learning experience on the go. The third one is the pleaser. Mm, That's an interesting one. And I can tell you for my clients and I work mostly with women, most women have the Mm. pleaser. It's just, I'm doing something in order to receive love, receive recognition. It's sometimes to the point where you're not even seeing your own needs anymore. And it's just about pleasing the needs of the others because you think this is the path to recognition and love and fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, that is so often the case for sure. Then we Mm -hmm. have avoider. Mm -hmm. So the avoider is the one I was <laughs> telling about before because it's my high. Mm-hmm. A person who's really who shies away from conflict, from difficult situations, difficult conversations, from unpleasant tasks. And it's a person also who easily gets bored if things are not so fun and pleasant mm-hmm. anymore. Interesting. Is that the same as the restless? It goes in a similar direction, but the rest of us is someone where it's always about doing, 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 and mm-hmm. not even understanding if you like it or if you don't like it. Whereas the pleaser is assessing very carefully, oh, is this a pleasant task? Is, mm-hmm. Could this be a pleasant result for the rest of us is someone you have to be in action. Interesting. And then we have hypervigilant. And hyper-rational. Mm. So the hyper-vigilant, this is someone who sees danger in everything, mm. in every person, in every situation. And the first thing that comes to their mind is the potential danger. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. It's the potential danger. So that's the pattern of a hyper-vigilant. And the hyper-rational, that's a, someone who is relying solely on their rational mind. And they are very proud of their rational mind. And they mm-hmm. think the rational mind is the solution to everything. So you can think your way out of every problem, out of every situation, and they distrust emotions. Because emotions, oh, who knows what they are? And they are very fluctuating. But the rational mind, if something makes sense, It makes sense. And then we have controller and victim. Controller, that's the person who wants to control every little detail and who wants to control every little detail that other people are doing. So you're not only controlling yourself, but most importantly, you're trying to control others. You're trying to have control over their emotions, their actions, their results and this is impossible 
Interesting. And then, yeah, the victim. Yeah, the victim is also a saboteur pattern. And it's interesting because that's the pattern that people really don't like to identify with <laughs> because they think, no, I'm not a victim. I'm not, but it doesn't mean that you're this typical type of, oh, and I'm small and no one likes me. It's more this pattern of you don't even believe that the good things are happening to you. Mm. You don't even believe that there is, you know, this whole positive potential for you. That's something for others, but not for you. Interesting. So these are really interesting profiles to watch for. And I'm sure no matter if you're listening, you might say, oh, this is maybe me, maybe not. Or you might say, oh, this is so not me. And I have to say mm -hmm. that my first reaction was like, this is not me. It can't be. <laughs> but, it, but there's also another factor to consider in the test is also the 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 figure, I guess, it's from one to 10, right? And how important is that? It's not so important as people think yeah. because it's just how relative they are towards each other. Mm -hmm. What is really important of this test is first, is there something that you identify with? And the other thing is also acknowledge the strengths that are underneath these patterns and look for them. And the third, our saboteurs, they, you know, we, we will always have them. All, all our life, the thing is only people who did a lot of personal development works, people who are very in tune with themselves, they have learned already a great deal how to co-live with the saboteurs. And it's not about eliminating those saboteurs because we won't, we won't be able. It's mm. just about co-living with them and, and bringing them to, back to a level where they're not harming or interfering with your your goals your dreams and mm -hmm. that's why you know if you see like no i i don't see this so strong in me it might be also that you did already a great deal of work for yourself you're very mindful about your thoughts your behaviors so you you already find a good way how to coexist with them and maybe pay attention just when something is triggering you Could it be some of them, the top saboteurs, mm -hmm. and then bring yourself back? I think it requires a huge um, emotional intelligence in a way to also watch mm. ourselves in the process, to really also listen to our body. It's often our body that whenever we feel a heartbeat, whenever we feel hot or we feel nervous or, or angry or all those emotions that you mentioned, I think these are fantastic Actually, negative emotions, what are called as negative emotions, I believe, can actually be positive emotions because they yeah. bring awareness uh, and they're here as signaling to us, pay attention, there's something that you need to process. That's really perfectly said. I don't like so much this distinction, bad emotions, good emotions, because we need the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. The only thing that is important to understand is what we label the negative emotions. Those are emotions which trigger a certain part in our brain, the survival brain or the saboteur brain, however you might call it. And this brain is responsible for sending a lot of stress hormones, which is responsible for putting us in a tunnel vision, not allowing us to tap into our full potential in this moment because it's all about surviving mm -hmm. so important to understand that we take those negative emotions as an information as a really important information 
And then we work with them as fast as possible so that we don't keep activating this survival brain part of ourselves. And that's the, the key work within positive intelligence mm. to make being able to understand, oops, there's a trigger. And now I'm starting to shift. And I will also go into an exercise to make this shift as fast as possible. Yeah. Because as fast as we can get out of this survival brain part that we have and can access the sage brain, you know, our innate wisdom, the full potential. But you can also call it your thriving brain, you know, the survival brain, the thriving brain the task is always to switch as fast over to your thriving brain again and to train yourself that this is the predominant part of our brain to keep activated. That's the definition of positive intelligence, to being mostly in this thriving part of your brain and act and react from this part. So can you reuse a very pragmatic example of the process, like a specific saboteur and emotion that, for example, a solo entrepreneur could experience and, and how to put in place what you just mentioned here? I think a lot of um, solo entrepreneurs, they can get triggered by a controller pattern or many of us have this controller pattern and the venture of solo entrepreneurship can trigger this greatly because You are maybe collaborating with people, but they are not your team. You don't have control over them. And a controller wants this. Mm -hmm. So for solo entrepreneurs, it can be really stressful to accept that what happens outside of your small, small realm that you can control, mm -hmm. because it's just small when you're a solo entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and accept all the huge parts and bits and pieces around you that are not controllable. They have their agenda, they have their plans, they have their businesses. Maybe you're negotiating over doing something together with someone, entering a partnership for a project, whatever, and the other person is not reacting in the way that you hoped mm -hmm. or that you liked. And you get really triggered about this and you question everything, you question the whole project, you question the whole partnership. And the more you get into this vibe, the less you see the potential in it with this, the less you see that this other person in doing it completely different than you has a valid point, mm -hmm. has valuable knowledge in it. But the more you're triggered, the less you will see this and the more you will insist on doing it your way and pushing your ag agenda. So why is that a saboteur, actually? What, what would be the consequences of that? It's a saboteur because if it's done in this way, where you're trying to exert control over another person, over the outcome, other people will feel resentful. Mm. Oh, there's someone who wants to push me in a way which is not my way. They mm. will feel unheard. They will feel unseen. And whereas if you would do this collaboration from a point of thriving part of yourself, it's different, you know, you, you will notice that you act in a completely different way, even if someone is giving you an answer that you don't like, it's, you will be more likely to ask, oh, that's interesting, I've <laughs> I never thought that you would think this or that you would come up with this way of doing it. Let me know more. 
Mm. What's your reason for it? Yeah, it's important here to also, I love when you say that curiosity factor, asking questions so that instead of accusing or saying this is not the right, I want it to be done and rather approaching it from questions. And I think that's a good point that you're making as well. What I would see most people do actually is the opposite is to go in the pleasers uh, saboteur Mm -hmm. and try to please people because we don't want to disappoint people, especially clients, for example, when they do something or don't pay in time or don't um, do the right thing. Um, And the tendency would be more like to, I think that's maybe the the other side of the controller, the pleaser who would just let go and let people do whatever they want with them because they don't want to disappoint them totally totally and i think this is also i don't like this kind of stereotypes but i think Mm -hmm. this is also a more typical behavior of women female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and um let's keep up the good vibe but if you're honest to yourself you're not keeping up the good vibe because you're not feeling good in this moment you feel like there's something in your stomach, like, oh, I wish it would be different. I wish could, you know, the other person would just do this or this. You are not in a moment where you're totally in tune with yourself, where you say, hey, we're great. I feel they're really happy and I, I'm really happy in this pleaser pattern. You don't feel good yourself. And so how do you recommend to deal if we're in that situation? What are, what are the ways to break that pattern? The first step in breaking this pattern is recognizing when you're in this pattern. Because is it like, oh, I don't want to harm anyone. I don't want to do anything bad for anyone. And it's, it's done from this, from this deep-rooted feeling of, yeah, that's the best way for all of us. Mm-hmm. Or if it's done from a point of, I really feel shitty. I really feel like this person is disrespecting me. But I prefer not to say it because hmm, maybe I don't like the reaction. But would a pleaser even notice that? I wonder if a pleaser would even, because we so much want to please. And that's something that I've seen with my client. They're so willing to please their clients because they feel like, oh my God, I've got a client. I don't want to lose this client. So I'm Mm going to accept certain conditions that are not acceptable and they wouldn't see it as non-acceptable. My question would always be, how do you feel? Mm. How do you feel? You, you're giving your client the discount and another discount and making it really cheap just to keep them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel good? Do you right. feel valued? Do you feel seen? If the answer is no, then you're pretty good <laughs> on the path of identifying your saboteur. So if it's in the beginning, very difficult to just spot the individual saboteurs just like this, then try to spot the emotions. And as you said, use them as your information signal. Mm. Mm. Why do I feel bad? I gave them what they wanted and I feel bad. What's happening Mm. here? That's great. I think it's so important to do that, to check on our emotions and be honest Mm -hmm. to ourselves. And I think at the end of the day, for me, the the kind of conclusion of this conversation, although we can talk about this for a long time, Mm -hmm. is to be super, it's all about awareness. And awareness is super, important to constantly look at our behavior and our beliefs and our Mm -hmm. emotions to know to be aware of how we are actually sabotaging ourselves based on the type we are yeah yeah totally and so this is the first step just pay attention Mm -hmm. to what could be your 
saboteurs, pay attention to your emotional signals, especially the ones that your negative emotions are sending you through. And then the second step is to switch over in your brain. And that's just really a fun part mm -hmm. because it's actually so much more easier than we think. The principle is basically the same that we know from mindfulness, from meditation, but with positive intelligence, we try to do it in very short exercises over the course of the day. So we build this, like this mental muscle up and also right in those trigger moments and The way to do these exercises, it's exercises that involve your senses. Mm. And for instance, a super simple exercise is if you feel super triggered in the moment, close your eyes and just for two, three minutes, pay attention to all the sounds around you. Mm. Like what is the sound the furthest away that you're still able to hear? What is the sound the closest to you? Where do the sounds come from? Are they very loud? Are they soft? Are they man-made? Are these animals? And just stay two minutes in this paying attention. And within two minutes, something shifts in our brain. And it's exactly this shift from survival to thriving, from saboteur to sage that happens in these instances where we activate our senses. Because when we consciously activate our senses, we are no longer in survival mode. In survival mode, we don't notice any sounds around us. It's like just this fight, flight, or freeze. So I don't know if it's cold, if it's hot. I don't know if there are people around me, if it's you know noisy or not. It's just pure reaction. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we start paying attention to our sentences and do this for two, three minutes, something shifts in our brain. This is so good. So important. And this is, it can be really simple exercises. And what I, I really love this because different to meditation where you have to get out of your, maybe even your seat or your routine or, you know, 15, 20 minutes to really calm down. This is something that can be so short and so quick and even like, rubbing your fingertips together and just paying attention to every little detail you feel on your fingers. And this is something you can even do with when you have a difficult conversation and you start feeling your trigger coming up, like go to this exercise, even within a conversation. No one will see it if you do it under the table and just, you know, rub your fingertips together, but pay attention to this. Do this shift in your brain consciously. Yeah. And don't do it just once. It's like a little mindfulness training through the day. And the best is to start to doing it three, four times a day, just two minutes. And that's it. That's a fantastic tip. And I can, I, I, I can relate to that a lot. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with a personal leadership methodology that's called attending to emotions and stillness. And I think this is a little mm -hmm. bit of that, like really taking, even sometimes it's just few seconds and that yeah. habit of constantly just taking, like whenever somebody, for example, annoys us for the moment, just mm -hmm. closing our eyes, just listening to what's happening around then taking a breath and then realizing, okay, it's not the end of the world. Yes. I can deal with yeah. that. Just that moment. And like you said, I love when you talked about making it a, an exercise, a routine to do it regularly. It's something, it becomes mm -hmm. part of our day-to-day -day life and way of living 
to attend mm-hmm. to those emotions so that we can stop those yeah. sabotaging behaviors along the way. Yes. For people who are working with clients a lot and who might know that they will have a difficult conversation with a client, just to do this before the conversation, mm. two, three minutes, and you're, you will feel so much more grounded. And I do this before I start any coaching sessions. I do this just to make sure that I'm not triggered by anything around me to be really present. And this is so fast but it's, it's really this grounding in yourself and tapping into this brain part, as we said, that taps into your creativity, your resourcefulness, the in, innovation, the empathy, all those senses that you need to be at your best for the work that you want to do, the work that you want to bring into the life. And especially as an entrepreneur, we have to be at our best. This is so good and such a great way to end this conversation. And I love um, this message that you shared about how important it is to, to simply want that best for ourselves. And it's also about self-care. It's not just about success. Yes. It's also about taking care of ourselves, our needs, and our mental health ultimately as well. And I think that's important on top of all of the reasons and the goals that might drive us throughout this journey. Yes. Thank you so, so much, Yvonne, for this great insights that you shared with us today, enlightening us with these great um, patterns and ways to deal with them. Before we say goodbye, I'd love to know where's the best place to find you? Best place is to find me through my website, workinbalance.org. And you can also access the assessment test through the website. It gives you some more additional information. And you can also book a free short call with me if you just want to dig shortly into the saboteur test results. And also you can join me on Instagram. Fabulous. We will share all these uh, in links and important information to find you, Yvonne, Nomad Nation. Make sure to go to tandemnomads.com slash 250 and you'll find all this information. Thank you again, Yvonne, for sharing your great um, experience with the topic and your journey with us. It was such a pleasure, this conversation for me. Well, the pleasure was mine and Nomad Nation. I hope that you find some great inspiration for yourself. Check in those different profiles of saboteurs. And uh, as I often say, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities. And hopefully this was one of those episodes that will help you along this way. Can't wait to meet you in the next episode.